Hello and welcome to the Foxy Property Chat Podcast. I'm your host, Jake Shorter, and I see it as my job to interview successful home staging business owners so that we can learn some tips, tricks, strategies, and, and things that we can learn uh, and apply in our own businesses. Today's guest is Alex Wilcox, who is the co-founder and director of the Burbeck group of companies. Uh, and I'm going to leave it to Alex to explain what that means and what's in, included in that group of companies. Um, but suffice to say that one of those companies focuses on home staging, uh, and that's what we're going to spend most of the conversation on. Now, since Burbeck Interiors began operations in 2016, uh, so they've just gone past their five-year anniversary, they've rapidly become one of the premier home staging brands in London and the UK. Uh, and here, being the owner of or co-owner of a young staging business ourselves in Brisbane here, um, I, was re- I was really interested in the topic of rapid growth, uh, and that's something that I get Alex to explain what it looked like for them at Burbeck and also how they've achieved it and how they think about um, rapid growth and, and what they need to kind of target to achieve some of those things. So uh, I'll leave it at that. Please enjoy this chat with Alex Wilcox. Okay, welcome to the show, Alex. Pleasure to be here, Jake. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it as well. Uh, time differences are always tricky. It's getting into the late afternoon, early evening for me, and it's probably nice and early for you. Five past eight London time. There you go. We don't. There's only a, a crossover of a couple of hours, really, with uh, you know that that's really good for these sort of um, recordings before we kind of get into the early hours for one of us. So we've managed to find one. Um, and I want to start where I start most of these kind of conversations, and that's to to go back before you were um, in with Burbeck in the the staging industry, among other businesses. Um, what were you doing before you got? your involvement started in the home staging industry? That's a good question. Uh, There's probably two answers to that, Jake, to be honest. So uh, if you go way back, uh, I spent um, the best part of 10 years of my uh, post-educational career as a headhunter in in the city, uh, learning all the tricks of the trade of sales and uh, finance world. Uh, Before we set up the interiors company, our first foray into property was via residential property development. And that's really kind of where my self-employed and property journey started. Uh, We started off by essentially refurbishing and then developing residential flats and houses in in London. And you mentioned the um, kind of group of companies and and we kind of touched on this before we hit record, but Burbeck is not just a home staging company, as you mentioned, at the interior side, but there's also the, the property development side among a couple of others. Um, when did home staging then start to enter the picture? Uh, pretty much from day one, to be honest with you. So we set up the development business seven years ago. Uh, all three companies in the Burbeck Group are, it's a family business, so it's myself and my brother. Uh, the first property we 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 didn't really develop it was a it was a refurbishment if you will you know there's relative relatively little structural work you know new kitchen bit of paint new carpets uh we just knew straight away that if we wanted to sell this property for the most money it needed to have some furniture in there we couldn't just sell an empty room and to start off with we we dressed that ourselves seven years ago uh Probably not our greatest work, to be honest, but uh, the flat did really well. And we made a, a decent return on that in a short space of time. And you know, we kind of looked at each other and said, hey, look, in, the, in a year, we're going to be millionaires. 
But uh, like property development, that wasn't the case. But uh, we, we just knew straight away that if you're going to sell a flat or a house, then you need to make it look as good as it possibly can. And we haven't really looked back since. So you did that for yourself and then obviously looked at um, offering it to, to other people. So I guess yeah, there, was a- there, was a, there was definitely a transition period. Uh, the, the next couple of projects we did in London, as we got uh, more experienced in development and we took on larger development projects, we started to use you know, other firms, other home staging firms. You know, at the time, it was uh, a very limited market in terms of who you could go to for, for these type of services. Uh, we used two other firms to come and dress our own developments. Uh, and we saw both the positives and the negatives of the services and products that those businesses offered us. And it was really after the third time we had used uh, what is now a competitor that I'll give my brother credit where credit's due. You know, he turned around to me and said, look, we need to be doing this ourselves. We know exactly what our clients want from our service. We know exactly the sort of product that we need to be offering them. We need to set up a company and start offering this to the wider SME developer market, both from a kind of B2B perspective and also B2C. And three years after setting up the development business, we, we set up the interiors business. Um, and that business has now been going five years and so far so good. It's um, something you said there's interesting because it, it uh, you know, it sparked my interest because it relates to us as well. Um, you mentioned you used the competitor and there was some things in there, both positive and negative, but um, I imagine when you went and set up your own um, staging side of things, you addressed some of those negatives. Was that kind of, was that something that you, um, you know, you looked to do a little bit differently because you, you, being on the other side, you kind of knew what was wanted from that sort of client, whereas maybe the other competitors weren't offering that at the time. And, and I guess if that's the case, what sort of example can you give me for something like that? A hundred percent. I think one thing that I've got to make really clear to you is that you know, even five years ago, seven years ago, you know, home staging and property styling in London was and, and it kind of still is, you know, a cottage industry. You know, this is not a mainstream product. You know, we're doing a lot of work as a business and the HSA as an association to promote its value. But when we first started staging, it was a real, it was an alien concept, you know, in terms of, wait, you're going to hire furniture to make your property look better so you can get more money. You know, that's not rocket science. And actually leads to a pretty obvious result. But as an industry, it's still very much in its infancy. So when we were using other firms, the, the positives and the negatives were, were really digital. It was really easy to kind of see from our perspective as developers as to what was working and what wasn't working. You know, on, on an example, or for two examples, you know, first off, one of the companies we used was essentially in a, a logistics business, you know, with a kind of sprinkling of interior design. It was more about the actual logistics side in terms of getting the furniture in and getting the furniture out with little thought into the quality of the product they were putting in. Uh, and, you know, on reflection, we're kind of, we, we could look at those photos and go, okay, uh, 
that's probably not the best interior design job we've seen, but that's how they run the business. You know, it was all about maximizing the logistics of the company to make sure that the furniture was moving around the country as quickly as possible to get the best return. You know, that's fine. That's how they run the company. Now, I think that the, the big thing for us and what we've noticed as a business and how we've really tried to set ourselves up is as developers, we understood that for us and for our other clients, there is really limited value in us basically creating the same scheme over and over and over and over and over again for our clients across London. Uh, you know, our approach is to really take a bespoke design to every project that we do to really maximize that assets value. Uh, costs a lot more money to do it because our supply chain has to be significantly bigger than our competitors and we have to hold a lot more stock and a lot more different styles. But that was really a kind of light bulb moment for us. You know, if you're selling or if you've got multiple clients in one part of the city and all of their flats or houses look identical, you know, where's the value add? You know, so our approach was wait there let's readjust this and let's really approach this from a different angle. And that's really been the kind of foundation of what Burbex is about in terms of really understanding what our clients want and, and what we need to do to help them sell their, their flats or houses. I really like that approach. Um, as I said, that's, it's kind of a similar um, thing that we did when we started Foxy Home Staging here. Uh, there was just a, we, we actually used a competitor to help us sell a, a property that we had done a, a subdivision on basically um and they didn't do a, a bad job by any means um and it actually ended up working but there was just a couple of things that it wasn't even about the quality of the styling that was the issue for us it was some other little things um and and one that comes to mind was a simple thing like where we couldn't have any deferred payment options and looking around at other competitors in brisbane at the time and this was probably five six years ago now as well there was just no options at all for deferred payment. It was literally every company in, in Brisbane at the time was pay up front a week in advance and that's it. And I thought that was when we started our business, that was one of the things that we said, you know, we just need to make this easier for some people because some people when they're selling a home, it's an expensive experience and, and they're going to want to take that option. So it was just one of those little things where that among, you know, two or three other things just helped us stand out because it, it really was an approach of what are others not doing that I know as a client, I would have liked to have seen as an option. So, um, yeah, I think it's sure. a good way to look at it. 100%. Um, you know, for me, there's, there's so many different aspects of running a home staging or, or probably styling business, you know, not just from the interior design side or the logistics side and how you manage those two because, you know, the logistics and interior design are two very different businesses, right? And what we're trying to do here is merge them together to create this product but then also, as you've just touched on, you know, the, the financial side of the business. And again, I think, you know, what you've just spoken about is, is a really important factor to how clients engage with us and value our, our service. Deferred payments isn't something that we've, we've personally looked at. But one of the big things that we found when we were using other competitors was there was hardly any flexibility. And we, we thought that was quite unfair to a certain degree in as much that when it came to the renewals, you needed to let them know straight away. And if you didn't want to renew, here was your invoice for the extension. There was no 
there was no understanding of what a property developer has to go to or go through to get a unit sold. And for us, we, we, we felt that if we were a couple of days from exchange and we spoke to the competitors and said, look, can we just keep it for like an extra week or can you help us out here? You know, that didn't really exist. You know, it was being run from a serious like commercial perspective. And for a lot of our developer clients and for a lot of our, our private clients, you know, we try and offer flexibility. You know, we're not here just to, to issue renewal notices after renewal notices and kind of cash in on it. You know, for us, I think there has to be an understanding as you've just touched on yourself, you know, this is an expensive product that our clients are using to, to hopefully increase the value of their properties. And we try and work with our clients as much as possible to make sure that if they find themselves in a sticky situation, that we can support them and, and do what we can to, to make that easier for them. We're, we're very lucky that the approach that, that we take results in 80% of the properties we dress going under offer in, in five weeks. But there's still the odd client where we have to be able to provide more support to than just saying, look, yes or no, in or out. And again, I think that's a cornerstone of, of what we want the business to be. Yep. I love that approach. Um, moving on to where you're at now, I guess I want to get a little bit of context for myself and for, for anyone listening. What does Burbeck look like now in terms of some of the numbers, um, whether that's employees, um, houses, properties staged annually, those sort of things. What, what can you tell us to give us an idea of, of where you're at? From uh, an interiors perspective, we are, we're doing about 50 dressings, uh, or we have 50 live dressings. I'm not sure. Is that the right terminology? Do we have different terminology compared to Australia? Yeah. I mean, I know what you're talking about. We, well, I mean, everybody even in Australia does it a bit differently. We just say 50 houses out or 50 in store, okay. something like that. But I, I know what you're right. saying. Okay. We've got, we've got the best part of 50 live installs or, or dressings out at the moment. Uh, the company was five years old last month, pretty much, you know, starting from scratch. Uh, we have, about 17,000 square foot of, of warehouse space in, in Southwest London. Uh, the business employs just shy of 20 people, both uh, majority permanent uh, and a couple contractors. Uh, we have worked across the country, uh, our core markets are kind of London and the home counties, uh, but we've also gone as high as Manchester, and down to like the South Coast. Uh, and it, the business has doubled year on year. Every year we have literally doubled the capacity and size of the company. Uh, last year is a caveat with the pandemic. We didn't double it, but we had a, a better year than we expected. And we were more profitable and our turnover was higher during the pandemic than it was the previous year as well. So that's a huge tribute to, to the staff and, and what the company was able to do in nine months as opposed to 12. I mean, that's, have you kind of stopped to reflect on that? I mean, obviously we're not out of COVID yet, um, particularly for you over in London, but that's a pretty incredible kind of, you know, spending some of those numbers double each year and even probably even more impressive, the revenue uh, or turnover increasing even during this, you know, 2020 year that we've had compared to the year before. That's, have, you, have you kind of reflected on that at all? The, the truth would be no. 
I'm planning on doing that. Hopefully we can get an opportunity to do that later this year. Uh, there's still a huge amount of uncertainty in the UK you know, with the coronavirus, you know, being in lockdown 3.0, what's going on with the housing market, will stamp duty be uh, delayed again? I still feel that that was my position as running the company. I'm still trying to guide this ship through a pretty choppy storm, uh, given the uncertainties that are, are still existing with, with obviously the virus and, you know, the economy and the impact that that's potentially got on the business. So I'm hoping I get a chance to do that maybe in the spring or summer. Yep. <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> well, you must be proud anyway. And, um, obviously like I said, and, and like you touched on not out of the wood yet. Um, I, I did want to kind of stay on that topic a little bit of, um, yeah, business growth or you know, rapid business growth in this case. Um, cause I think, you know, we're only a, a fairly young business as well. We're probably coming up on, uh, four years now and, and we're kind of in a similar situation. We've gone from nothing to, uh, being in our warehouse facility and and having our logistics team in house and truck and all of the f- stock um, and everything like that, we've probably uh, I'm, I'm my kind of official unofficial title that I've given myself is the numbers guy here at Foxy because I'm a yeah. bit of an Excel nerd. So you know I know some of the records and and 50 houses out is kind of a, a number that we look at and and have kind of hit a couple of times as well. So you know in a, in a short space of time, um, I I believe when you're looking at a business growing that rapidly. It doesn't just happen for the most part. I think it's something that, um, you know, you have to have a deliberate approach towards that, or at least a, a target or an ambition. Um, is that, you know, when I say that, do you agree with that? Or how do you think about growth of the business? Sure. Uh, I think you know, the big caveat for us over here is that the industry itself is, is still very much in its infancy. So, it's, it's taken a huge amount of effort to, to grow the business to, to this level. And I kind of feel that as the business has grown to this level, so has the industry as well. You know, we've got to rise up with the, with, with the industry itself, you know, the concept of home staging. You know, five years ago, you walk into an estate agent and say, listen, I'm interested in, uh, in offering you these services to rent furniture to your clients so the properties sell for more value. You know, he would look at you like you've spat in his tea. You know, so how we've achieved that growth has it's it's kind of all encompassing right in terms of it's not just we're trying to grow the business we're also trying to work with other companies uh the hsa home staging association to grow the actual marketplace you know the more people that are aware of what we're doing and how we're doing it and the value it can add you know the more the business is going to grow what's good for the industry is good for the company and vice versa so you know we've had to sort of take a kind of multi-pronged approach to that it hasn't been as binary as right what do we need to do to get to 50 uh 50 live dressings it's, it's kind of been what do we have to do to kind of actually create a marketplace for people to believe that this is a service that works to allow us to get to 50 Absolutely. live dressings if, yep if, if, if that makes sense yeah definitely uh, so that's been yeah that's been a huge struggle and look i'm by no means like it's it's not just me right there's there's, there's a, a, a lot of other people out there who are who are working hard to to create that marketplace and that industry so their own businesses can can survive or or thrive. Uh, but that has been a, a fundamental underpinning to helping us get to where we are. 
you know, there were a couple of companies that were trailblazing it like 10, 12 years ago, as I said, you know, these competitors, but it's really been over the past like two or three years that this is a, this is a, a, a concept for that I feel has, has started to become a little bit more mainstream. You know, so I, one of the big things for me, I'm not sure if you relate to this, Jake, is I'm not an interiors guy, right? I don't know anything about interior design. I put my hand, I can't take any credit for, for the wonderful show homes and property dressings that the team do. Yeah, I come at it from a commercial perspective in regards to what do we need to do to get the results to sell your property, flat house. If it's a 6 million flat in Mayfair or if it's two million pound house in Surrey or if it's the 500,000 pound flat in Ballam, what do we need to do to achieve the best price for you? Uh, I think coming at it from that commercial aspect is a defining attribute that sets us apart from a lot of our competitors. Uh, creating that brand around Burbeck and having that development background is a massive USP when we're dealing with clients. We understand what a lot of them are going through. We've sold a lot of property ourselves. You know, we've been where they're going. We know what needs to happen. And that's a, a huge part of the business and a huge element of why I feel we've been as successful as we've been. Because when we're talking to our clients, if it's B2B or B2C, you know, we're on the same page you know, as developers, as end users. You know, we've sold a lot of property. We know what we need to do. And I think there's a level of comfort that they can take that we've been, we've been down that road. I think that's um, a really valuable point. Um, and it's something that your competitors, as you mentioned, it isn't something that can just be copied. Uh, you know, they can copy the maybe the features or, you know, try and copy your offering. But at the end of the day, you can't fake that sort of experience being on the other side of the table um, and being able to relate to somebody who, you know, you're, you're talking to about doing some work for. If you can relate or have gone through exactly what they're going through, I think that's a very valuable kind of position to be in. I think... The best example of that is you know, four or five years ago when we set the business up, the majority of clients would come to us when they were in trouble. You know, they would have put their property on the market, unfurnished. Small developers, small to medium developers would have put a scheme on the market, unfurnished. It would have been on the market for three to six months. They would have had bank debt on it, maybe some equity investment involved, and it hadn't sold and it was still on the market and the interest was racking up month on month. And we would get a call saying, almost, can you help me? Can you get me out of this situation? And we could turn up to them and go, well, that's what we pride ourselves on. But we could also go to them and say, look, I had, I had a dress flat. Uh, which we, we used a competitive dress early on in our development career where we had bank debt. We had personal guarantees over a million pounds on our heads and we had 70 viewings and no offers. So I know what a lot of my clients have been through because I've walked that tightrope. But what's interesting for me about that is four or five years ago, it was people coming to us too late, you know, that the, they didn't have any money for dressing or staging. No, no funds were set aside. They were coming to us to get them out of a hole, which obviously we would oblige and do our best to do. These days, more and more people are coming to us you know, three to six months before they're finishing their project or before they're thinking about putting their property on the market to talk about what's the best strategy. How can we 
help them. And that's a massive transformational shift in how our clients are engaging with us and you know, a hugely positive thing for the industry and the business. And I imagine a lot of repeat work when you're, you're dealing with developers. It, yeah, it's all about repeat business. Uh, I think when they feel that they've got somebody they can trust who can add that value, can help them achieve the margins they need to achieve, can work with them. You know, a lot of, I've got, I've got some really good clients who have become generally really good friends and that's great. Uh, yeah, I feel really yeah. privileged to have that, you know? Uh, yeah, absolutely. And actually, some of them have also become investors in my own projects. So <laughs> There you go. Um, I was going to, it's a bit of a segue, you've set me up there. Um, we touched on it earlier that, that Burbeck isn't only a, an interiors or a staging company, but you have these other kind of businesses or companies within the group. Um, you've mentioned the, the Burbeck property managers. Did you want to give me the 30-second the spiel on maybe the other, other um, side of the business? So uh, there's three companies in, in the Burbeck brand. You've got Burbeck Capital, which is the residential development side. You've got Burbeck Interiors, which is the property styling and home staging business. Then you've got Burbeck Project Management, which is private client design and build. So from a development perspective, we're very lucky and I'm very lucky that we, uh, my brother project manages all of our own developments. He's very hands-on. He's responsible for creating all of the, the projects that we've done over the past seven years. What we noticed three or four years ago was people would come to us who had viewed a property that we were trying to sell ourselves and maybe they had lost out to another bidder. They'd get in contact with us and go, look, I'm thinking about buying this. Can you make it what you were just trying to sell? And Jack and myself were like, look, maybe we should set up a project management business to, to offer that service to people who haven't bought one of our flats or houses, but want it to kind of look like that. So we set up the project management business to kind of complement the other two. Uh, and we, we, we try and keep it uh, a little bit more exclusive in terms of just kind of working with a handful of clients every year. Uh, but it's, it's 100% complementary to the other two, two companies. So, and it benefits from all the knowledge and experience from the development side to the interior side. So our, our private clients get you know, I get the best of the, you know, the, the best of the three businesses. Perfect. Um, with coronavirus this year, and as we keep touching on it, we're not kind of at the end of it. But has there been anything, um, or what is the biggest thing that that comes to mind when I ask about what has changed within your business, or something you've added or removed from a service? Is there anything in particular that you've you have changed spe specifically to address the the COVID period? I think it's been it's been a massive, massive roller coaster from March 2020 to now. You know, when there was when this initially came out and things were looking to to become bad. You know, we generally didn't know if our business would survive. We didn't know what support would be available. Yeah, bearing in mind in, in the first lockdown, you know, nobody could go to work unless you were a frontline worker. You know, you had to basically shut down your company. And at the time, we didn't know how long that was going to be for, what the consequences of that were going to be. And even when they bought out the rescue packages, we didn't know if we were able to get bank. We've had to take on debt, right, in order to kind of cover that. We didn't know if we'd qualify for it, if they would, uh, if we would be able to get it. So you know, the starting point of March 2020 to where we are today has been, has, has been really you know, emotionally tough. 
we made the conscious decision in May 2020 when we had a better understanding of how the ground lay and what we were going to be able to do as a business. We made the conscious decision that our way out of this was to continue to invest in the company and essentially sell our way out. We kind of doubled down on our PR in terms of trying to continue to get the name out of Burbeck, trying to continue to increase the profile of the industry. And we were lucky to get some really good press in some of the, the, the national papers and magazines in the UK. We invested in uh, better systems. We invested in, in hires. And we just really took the approach that a lot of people were going to step back and kind of seek shelter but we were going to kind of go to it. And that's what I'm really, that's probably what I'm most proud of over the past 12 months is how everybody in the business has just stepped up to pull together to essentially build our way out of what was a really scary situation back in March, 2020. And we haven't looked back since, and that's what we're going to continue to do. That's a, a really great answer. You know, that's, I find that really interesting. Um, partly because it, it, you know, intuitively, it feels like that goes against what should be doing. And I know for, for a fact, because we run, um, you know, a number of ads, social media sort of ads and, and put some money to that sort of thing, that the results we were getting on those ads uh, actually increased quite significantly. Um, and and to, um, to be honest, they're still, you know, doing better than they were, pr- uh, you know, in the February, January sort of pre-COVID. Um, but for a while there, the conversion rates and the number of click-throughs and all those sort of things actually increased significantly and the the cost of the ads went down. And I think that's just a very small example of maybe something you're talking about, which is you really doubled down when a lot of other people were were stepping back and kind of going into, you know, safety mode. Um, and which again, there's nothing wrong with that, but when everybody else is doing that, if you're taking a really kind of forward approach, um, you know, the, I think that's when you can see a lot of benefit. That's exactly what we've done. Um, uh, I'm not saying there's a right or wrong answer. Obviously, it depends on a lot of people's personal situations, but, but that's the approach that we, we took. Um, and I, I think for me, when we looked at the virus last year and what was going on around us, I'm a bit of a control freak. And I, look, I said, like, I can't control the coronavirus, but I can control my own company and what we do with that. And that's what I really tried to take, not take control of, is making smart decisions to increase the profile and profitability of the business whilst everyone was kind of stepping back from from being sort of active in the space and yeah it's the results have kind of spoken for themselves so you know fingers crossed that we can continue down that path absolutely all right alex i'm gonna start to wrap up here i've got a couple of rapid fire questions uh which i'll ask and you can give a as rapid or not answer as you like um the first one is what is a one of the best almost worthwhile investments that you've ever made and and that can be in time terms of money time energy or anything like that uh it's, it's a massive cliche but i wish i'd started my businesses sooner i started them when i was 33 the best investment you'll ever make is in yourself Great answer. Okay. Uh, what advice do you wish you'd received when you started the business? Uh, you should have started it five years ago. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, and is there any bad advice or recommendations that you hear in, in maybe if we focus on the home staging industry in particular, um, anything that you see out there from other staging business owners or, or agents or anything like that? Uh, I'll try and keep this answer short. 
but it could potentially be quite long. The big problem we have over here is people undervaluing the service and not charging enough money. So when we're trying to raise the profile of the industry, uh, we really need people setting up businesses in the home staging space to value the huge amount of effort and work that goes into creating an interior in somebody else's home. And that's something that I think we still need to work on as, as an industry is raising the profile, but people, people not giving away their, their product and their service for peanuts. I think that's uh, relevant from what I can tell on uh, Facebook groups and some of the other conversations. It's relevant pretty much everywhere, including in Australia. So uh, it's an interesting conversation and one that we could probably go down a rabbit hole, but we won't today. <laughs> anyway, um, look, that's all I've got for you, Alex. I, I really appreciate you coming on. As I said, I'll, you know, I want to thank you again. Um, with the time difference, I'm sure you need to wrap up and get into your day uh, and I will go and wind mine down. So until we uh, speak again, maybe we'll have a round two one day. Uh, appreciate it, Alex. Thank you. Pleasure, Jake. Thanks so much. All the best. You too. Take care. Hey, listeners. I hope you enjoyed that episode. I have a favor I'm going to ask you, and that is that I want to know who you would like to hear from on this podcast, others in the industry uh, or outside the industry, um, but just people who you'd like to hear from, from a, a home staging or a small business point of view. If you could let me know, we're on all of the social media uh, platforms, so drop us a, a message or a comment somewhere and I'll reach out. Thanks and have a great day.